Thank you for joining the Together Church Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Our prayer is, is that today's message will inspire you and help you move closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, Together Church, thank you so much for joining us. We are in week three of our series, The Gospel According to Satan. And if you missed any of this, uh, you can always go back and watch it on our website at wearetogether.church. Or you can either go over to our podcast and you'll find them all there. But hey, you're here right now. So rather than going back and watching it or re-listening to it, let me just give you a little recap of what we're doing. So we're in the series, The Gospel According to Satan. And the whole point is what we're learning is how Satan has been so crafty, as he always has been, is to tweak little things that are in Scripture or little sayings, get some bumper sticker theology. And he puts these blanket statements out that we believe in. And they hold no truth whatsoever when compared up to scripture. And although they may be little things that are comforting or little things that we learn along the way that we think help us, they actually skew our vision and view of who God really is. And so in the first week, what we talked about was where these lies came from and how the enemy does everything he can to attack the word of God, to get us off track, to ruin our relationship with God. And then last week we studied one of the first lies that we looked at that the enemy has so graciously sold us and it has robbed us and many people have been robbed for years because of it when we said that, you know, we bought in this belief that God just wants us to be happy. And what we saw in the scriptures was that God's not looking for us to be happy. What he wants us to do is find sustaining joy in every situation where happiness is based off of circumstance or things that are happening. Joy is based off of our presence in God's presence, of letting Him fill us and fill those voids that we need to find this joy. And joy is not on a basis where it comes and goes. It is with us where happiness is not. And so we saw that in the Scriptures. But today, there's another lie that we've been sold that I want us to walk through. Because again, I believe that when you believe these these sayings or these bumper sticker theologies, here's what happens. That again, it moves us away from who God's character is really is. And the more that we can uh, realize that we have been pulled away from God, the better aware we are to move back into this position to really learn who He is. Because what we think about God and what we know about God really shapes and should shape our everyday life. So I don't know about you, but I'm sure that you've heard it because I know I've heard it. And there have been often times where I've gone through like a very difficult time or just a hard time, a lot of stress or maybe some loss. And somebody with right nature and a good heart, we'll just say these words that, hey, listen, Robbie, God will never give you more than you can handle. You got this, man. You're going to be okay. You guys ever heard that? Have you ever had one of these situations where you were going through some, some traumatic events in your life or just things you're feeling some pain and they just come with this? God will, he'll help you. Like he, he's not going to give you more than you can handle. And I'm just going to be honest. When people tell me that and I'm hurting, I'm like, but I can't handle this. I can't handle this. This is way more than I can handle. And again, it's coming from a good place. It's coming from a good heart, but we're spitting this out to people. And it puts a lot of pressure on us that we're thinking, okay, this is a hard thing for us to get through, but God will not give us more than we can handle. So even though it sounds good and it can bring some comfort to our lives, is it true? Is it true that God will never give us more than we can handle? And I've heard pastors say it. I've heard Christians say it. I have said it. I have told people that. 
But when you go back to scripture and you start looking like, is this true or is this one of the lies that the enemy has given us? And this is probably one of the most crafty lies that we have bought into as a body of believers. And we, because it's, again, one of these nice little bumper sticker theology things for us to give to people and just tell them in their time of need, listen, God will never give you more than you can handle. And when we look at this, what we, what we know is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, this is the premise, this is the basis that people will use to make the argument that, listen, God will never give you more than you can handle. And, and they have scriptural basis for it. But here's, here's the thing, and we're going we're gonna to pull this thing apart a little bit, and we're going to begin to see what this phrase and where it came from and how people are interpreting this to mean that God never will give you more than you can handle. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth here in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. And what we know is Corinth was going through a lot of mess. I mean, there was pagan worship. It was, it was just a mess. And Paul is writing to encourage and even writing to warn to not get caught up in the drama. Don't get caught up in all the mess that was going on and the idolatry that was happening all around them. So he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we start with verse 12. And Paul says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. He's given a warning. So if you think that you're taking a stand and you're strong, be very careful. Be very careful because you will fall if you don't have the humility to understand that you are a target. Because remember, we talked about in week one, the devil's roaming around looking to devour and to ruin lives. That's, that's his, whole, his whole thing. And so he moves on. He says in verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He says, but with the temptation, he has also provided the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What is it? He's saying temptation. In verse 14, he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Let me just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This scripture does not tell us at all that God will never give us more than we can handle. When we break it down and we really start looking at it, we quickly see that some things have been manipulated. Some things have been taken out of context. And what we have done is we've taken a passage to help, and it really has moved it to where it's focusing on this self-centered thing that we're really worried about ourselves. But what the passage is showing us here, that it's not just about us, it's about this form of idolatry. And what we see is when we apply this verse properly in its original context of what it's supposed to mean for you and me, what it's not saying is that God will never give us more than we can handle. As a matter of fact, this is not about suffering at all. It's not about suffering. The word suffering is not even used. The word temptation is used. And, and here's the problem, that anything that is meant to be a comfort, because you would agree with me, this is a very comforting statement that we would use. But anything meant to be a comfort can become a confine when it isn't based on Scripture, and we will get stuck in this thought. And again, it robs us from who God really is. And so it's a scary thing that one thing can be twisted so quickly for us to be pulled away from God. But again, this is the enemy's plan. This is his tactic. In these verses, Paul, he's talking about the sins of Israel. The people of God, they drifted away. And you go to the book of Judges, you see that they were caught in this nasty sin cycle. They kept going back to idolatry, finding things to worship, to put above God. This behavior, this sin, 
led them into multiple times that they would go into Assyrian captivity. They would go into Babylonian captivity. They would be separated out of their homeland that God had given them. He's warning them that they thought they would never fall into that trap, but they did. They were tempted with everything that was happening around them in the culture of the Babylonians, the culture of the Assyrians. They, these countries that were worshiping these false gods would soon become a temptation for them. Paul's telling the people in Corinth, you are right in the same place. Your culture is providing ways and providing things for you to easily begin to push idolatry and worship things that are around you rather than worshiping the creator. We worship the creation. And it's the same thing here today. We live in a, a country to where it's so easy for us to throw our worship on the other things with jobs and our uh, just school and money and hobbies. We can worship these things and put them above God. And he's saying, listen, you need to be careful that you can fall in to this trap. Don't think that the enemy will not try to attack you. So Paul here is saying that he's, he's not talking about trials and suffering. He is talking about temptation. He says, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Being tempted beyond your ability is not the same as he will not give you more than you can handle. It's a big difference between the two. So when Paul is, is writing here, he's writing in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 13, he, the context demands that we understand that he's writing about temptation. The, the thing that we need to understand that we're being tempted to fall into idolatry and fall away from God. And so what we see here is that even though it's talking about temptation, we got to ask the question, where's this temptation come from? Well, we know that it's the enemy. Uh, James Chapter 1, verse 13 tells us that let no one say that when he is tempted, let him not say that I'm being tempted by God. Because he says, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself will not tempt you and me. So we know that the temptation that Paul is writing about here in 1 Corinthians is not a temptation from God because God doesn't tempt us. That's thanks to James, he's, he's told us that. So it comes from one place and it comes from the enemy. He's tempting us with everything else for fulfillment. This is why happiness is dangerous when you pursue happiness instead of pursuing joy. It's a, it's a big, big stretch. And so Paul is really trying to fine tune us. And he's saying, listen, be cautious. Don't think that you can't be tempted because it's there. So we see very early on in this passage, it's not about God giving us, not giving us more than we can ever handle. It's not about suffering. It is about temptation. And here's, here's what I want to tell you. And it just, just right out of the gate. At times, God does give his people more than they can handle. There, I said it. It may not feel peaceful, but God gives us more than we can handle. And he does it for a few reasons. It's not like he doesn't care for us and just, you know, whatever. He allows us to go through some things. He allows us to be tempted. So when we understand that, we can, we can rest in that of knowing that God still has the best for us because he says he provides a way out. He says that he's faithful. But God will allow us to go through some of these hardships. The promise is he goes with us. Now, how do I know that? Am I just saying that? Is there anywhere in Scripture that proves that? Well, I think it's fair that as we look across the landscape, uh, the landscape of all these scriptures, we see over and over and over again stories of people in scripture 
that went through hardships, that God allowed them to go through the hardships. But it's always the promise that was tagged on that they would never go alone because Jesus said he would never leave nor forsake. And he walks with us in these times of, of temptations, these times that we want to really fall into sin and pursue sin rather than pursuing the, the holiness of God and the, the relationship that we would have with God. So when I, when I look through this, when I think through this, and, and Paul's writing and telling us these things is that God will indeed give you more than you can handle. This was coming from someone who experienced temptation. He, it's the temptation just to quit, to walk away from his ministry. When Paul had his encounter on that road that day and was blinded, and he saw Jesus, and his, a few days later, his sight's restored. You know, he was going to churches and visiting churches, and it was hard because people didn't trust him. And it took him a while for him to, to, to fall into the things that he was supposed to be doing, to do the ministry. But it was, it was hard, and then they wanted to persecute Paul, and then they wanted to kill Paul. And this was only early into his relationship with Jesus, so he understood. And, and we can see that when Paul went through these things, he always stayed focused on who God was. He, he knew that the temptation was there, but his relationship was the thing that he leaned into, that he pursued the most. Paul says in, in, in his scriptures, he says, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia. Paul's saying, I don't want you to be unaware of the pain and the things that I went through. He's telling his little life story here, and this is in 2 Corinthians, and he says, for we, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia. For we, listen to this, for we were so utterly burdened. We were utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. He said that we despaired of life itself. And he goes on in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but to rely on God who raises from the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly uh, situation. He delivers us. And on him, we have set our hope that he would deliver us again. And you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted through the prayers of many. Paul said that they were so utterly burdened beyond their strength. They were afflicted. They were battered. They were hurting. They were tempted to walk away. And look at his focus. Look at what he's saying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He's saying that it was more than what we could handle. It was way more than what we could handle, the afflictions, the pains, the temptations. We were being attacked by the enemies. And it was so easy for us to walk away, and it was more than what we could handle. So why does God give you and I more than we can handle? I mean, it would be easy if He would just give us just enough it would be easy if the statement that God will never give you more than you can handle, if that were true and we could just take that as it is, that would be nice life because we could get through everything on our own. But I believe that God allows us to experience more than you and I can possibly handle because what he wants to do is for us to have to learn to depend and rely on who he is. 
and I would say it this way, when, when God gives us more than we can handle, it's so that we can learn to depend on Him. Learn how to depend on God in those situations. Let Him work because He's trying to build our character. He's trying to refine us and make us more like Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8, it's the second part of the verse. Look what Paul says. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Like they thought their situation was so bad that we were just going to die, that this was not a, a good thing. And Paul goes on to say, but, but, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on the God who raises the dead. So in this situation, Paul even recognizes in the moment of the situation that this is happening so that we would learn how to rely on God and depend on Him. That in the end of the day, when all this is over, we're going to be able to look back and see what God moved us through. And He and He alone is going to get glory for that. We're going to worship Him for that. We're going to praise Him for that. And the thing is, is that with you and me, when we say things like God will never give us more than we can handle, it contains a sense of self-sufficiency that we feel that we should be able to work through this. To think about someone who's hurting and is in pain and is suffering and don't even know that they believe in God anymore. And they're going through the worst situations of their life. And then we tell them, listen, God will never give you more than you can handle and then their spouse of 50 years passes away. Then their child, who is a newborn that they have been expecting, they find out on an ultrasound they've lost that child. How does that phrase hold up when you tell people that? And that's where we focus, and it sounds good in the moment, but when it really plays out in life, it is extremely painful when we take Scripture out of context. Because when we share things like that with people, that experience these hardships where they don't even know that they trust in God anymore. And when you tell them that God will never give you more than you can handle and they know that they can't handle it, it makes them question if God is even real. There, there's a, a truth to the weight that these lies have on us. And that is that they can cause extreme separation between you and God and me and God. And Paul is saying that we go through these things because it pushes our dependency. So yes, God will give us more than we could ever handle. And this is understood. If God didn't give you more than you can handle on your own, why would you even need God? Why would you even need Him if you could just get through this on your own? There'd be no dependency. But He's a good Father. And because He's our good Father, He walks through these situations with us to help us to be able to depend on Him because He and He alone has the answers to get through it. And what He promises is that we'll make it through it on the other side. He will never leave us in those situations. So maybe instead of seeing the temptations around us as trials and seeing them as awful and seeing them as I'm so tired of it, what if we saw them as blessings? What if we changed our perspective and we begin to see that the things that God was allowing us to go through they were blessings because those things allowed us to get closer to our Father God, that they're actually blessings in disguise. And we begin seeing these trials as blessings and not burdens. God, what do you want me to learn from this? Where are you at here? Where do you want me to follow you? 
And think about if we approached our situations like that, we approached every temptation that way, every hurt that way, every time we were suffering, if we, if we approached it with that, if we just approached our entire life with that, where, God, are you at work? And where do you, what do you want me to learn here? Where do you want me to, to walk? Where do you want me to follow? And so Paul is teaching us these trials, these temptations, can be really good things for us because they point us towards God and give us a dependency on God. But temptations can be dangerous because, see, you and I have this, we have this peace about us that what we do is we can easily kind of navigate towards the temptation and kind of fall into it. Because again, the, the devil is really tricky. I mean, he's, he, he's really, really good at what he does, right? But when I think about temptation, I think about it this way. One of my favorite movies growing up as a kid was Gremlins. Yes, even Gremlins 2 when they were in New York. That was a great movie. But if you remember the movie Gremlins, there's this little character called Gizmo. I mean, Gizmo, he first came on the screen. He was such a cute little thing and made his little noises and would sing his little song. And he was a mogwai. But when Gizmo was purchased from the store, he was a rarity. Nobody had ever seen it before, but he was given very specific instructions on what to do with Gizmo. Don't feed it after midnight and don't get it wet. If you did, bad things would happen. So Gizmo is purchased and he goes to his new home and it's just a matter of time before a glass of water spills on him. And then all of a sudden, all these little things begin coming off and this little cute, beautiful thing starts producing these things that aren't so beautiful. And then those magua turn into gremlins and then it ruins the Christmas season in part one and it ruins New York in part two. And what seems like it was so cute and cuddly and we got so close to can cause so much danger. And that's what temptation does. It draws us in. It seems cute. It seems cuddly. It seems like it's just fine. It's okay. But then it turns into this monster that just wreaks havoc, havoc and destruction in our lives. And this is what Paul is saying. You got to be careful for that. When you recognize temptation, that even though it may look cute and cuddly, when you're focused on God and depending on God, He looks better than that of the temptation. That our focus is completely on Him and Him alone. I love what Paul says. He says that God, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says that God, He's going to also provide this way of escape. Not only is He allowing you to feel this pressure, not only is He allowing you to experience this temptation, what He's saying is, I'm giving you a way out. And the Scriptures even say that He is faithful. Like, you can depend on Him. It's not going to be going through temptation and he lets you down. You can depend on God. He says that he has given you a way of escape that you will be able to endure it. You can stand up to it and you can make it through temptation because you have God. You have God. You can endure it. He's given you a way of escape. That way of escape is Jesus. He's given us Jesus and he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to recognize temptation, to be convicted of those things so that it draws us closer to Him to have a relationship with Him, our Father, God. And it's because of His grace that we're able to experience it. He allows us to be able to have this relationship with Him. So yeah, let's go back and, and review real quick. God will give us more than we can handle. God will give us more than we can handle because it will drive our dependency not on ourselves but on Him, and it will drive out self-centeredness. But here's the last thing I want you to understand. God will give you more than you can handle, but God will never give you more 
than he can handle. He'll never give you more than he can handle. That's really good news for us. Because when we can grasp that concept, we can grasp that truth, we can approach every temptation and trial knowing that it may be over my head, but it is under God's feet. It is under his feet. The, the good news is that you and I don't have to bear temptation alone. And Jesus understood. He himself was tempted. He understands. He can sympathize with us. He can help us. He can teach us. And so we have this God who will bear these temptations. He bears the burdens. He walks through. He is a God that is a personal God that is with us. And in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus calls everybody who is weary and burdened, is ready just to walk away from these relationships that has been beaten, tattered by life, that the enemy has just tried to destroy your life. Jesus says, come and find me. Come and find me and I will give you the rest. You don't have to fight the battles that you're trying to fight because they're not your battles. You can't handle it. You can't beat it. It's a spiritual thing. You better put it in the hands of God and recognize that you've got to be dependent on him because it's him and him alone that declares victory over the battle. It's him. Jesus wins the battle. So we can't get into these places where we think that we're not strong enough because we're not. We can't get to these places thinking that, well, I can get through this and I have all this knowledge and I've read these books and I've prayed these prayers. If you don't put it in God's hand, you'll lose every time because you don't have what it takes to get through it. That's our dependency on God. We tried to do it our way as humans. Genesis chapter three, we tried to do it our way. How did that work out? It didn't work out at all. Sin has entered the world, but Jesus entered the world too. And because he entered the world, he was crucified and he was resurrected and the grave is empty. And because of that, we can rely on his strength because we now have relationship with God. We are his children. We have been adopted by him. We are, have his righteousness. So I want you to think through that. Think through that the empty grave of Jesus proves, it proves his sufficiency to bear our burdens and carry our sorrows and carry our, our situations that we're going through, the temptations that we're facing, the grave proves that he is self-sufficient to be able to walk with us through those things. And we have to take heart. We have to glue our eyes to the gospel. We have to place our trust in God, knowing that these things that we go through, this temptation that we go through, when we want to start worshiping other things outside of God, that when we stay focused on who he is, he leads us to this place of dependency. That's why he's a good shepherd. He is the one who will equip us to handle anything that needs to be handled. He will do it. When you're in Christ, even death can't get the best of you. Our capacity to overcome such things comes from, not from life, but life in Jesus. So in the face of this overwhelming inadequacy that you and I have, we set our hope on the one who gives us more than we can handle, and we look to the one who handled it all and who has declared in his all-sufficient strength that it is finished. Today, walk in the truth that God will give you more than you can handle. 